Hi, welcome back to Mingus on Tech. I'm Ken Mingus, Executive Editor at Computer World. I'm here with Famita Rashid from CSO. We're going to be talking about linguistics and malware. What a combo. Stick around. Hi, Famita. Thanks for stopping by and uh, taking a couple of questions. I wanted to hear about uh, what's going on in terms of linguistics and how it's being used to track down the uh, purveyors of malware, ransomware, and all kinds of uh, you know bad actors out there. So, so what's the deal with this? Well, Ken, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, whenever there's any kind of an attack, whether we're talking about malware or phishing, anything, everyone really wants to know who did it, who is behind it. And some research, some security researchers are beginning to use the actual language that is being used in the attacks as a way to try to identify the origins of the person. So it's not as good as getting like a little business card saying, hi, my name is this and I did this attack. (laughs) (laughs) More like, hey, you know, maybe this person speak fluent Chinese, or maybe this person is a native English speaker. And you can use that as a breadcrumb to track down sort of a attack uh, attacker pool. Yep. And it's, it's just a way of elimination um, that, okay, we know it can't be this kind of group, etc. Now, there's a lot of misconception, I think, in how linguistics are used in terms of attribution. Okay. And the one that I hear the most is, well, you know, malware code. You can't use linguistics with code. And that is true to some extent. Like, you know, if you're coding in C or you're coding in Java, it doesn't... There isn't enough evidence to be able to say, oh, you are this speaker of writing C or Java. So it's not actually analysis of code, right? but more of um, the kind of stuff that you're seeing. Are you seeing error messages that the victims see? Is it a specific phishing email? What kind of stuff that are, what kind of words are being used? What kind of word pattern, you know, there are certain idioms that English native speakers would use that you'd rarely hear from someone who learned as a second language use. So these are the patterns you're looking for in the natural language part. So it's not programming language, it's spoken language. Yeah, that's that's what I found was so interesting. I mean, I can understand if you've got something that's like ransomware, where there's an actual message where, you know, the whoever is, is being affected by the ransomware would be reading, you know, you, your, your data is being encrypted, you got to pay us whatever bit Bitcoins or whatever, and you can use the 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 language, the written language there to try to you know deconstruct exactly where this this malware is coming from. Um, but it, it it is interesting that you're not looking at code under the hood. I mean, they're looking at little bits and pieces here and there, even you know in the context of the code that's written with the malware. Um, and, and it's just how long has this been going on? Have they been has linguistics been a part of this? you know, effort to track down um, um, bad actors for, for years now? Or is this a fairly recent uh, um, 
discovery um, or decision I to use I think there's been definite movement um, over the past few years. It's not something that just popped up this year. Um, okay. When you had Guccifer 2.0, you know, when he's been talking about hacking the Democratic National Committee, there was analysis of the interview he gave to kind of get a feeling for it. Even back in 2014, when Sony was reached the first time, and there was questions about whether or not it's North Korean or Russian, there was analysis done back then. So it's definitely been around a while, but it's still a very new, and um, it's a field that I think that people are still just beginning to uncover just how much capability there are. Yeah, isn't it isn't it also possible too that uh, if someone kind of wanted to throw somebody off the scent and, and and try to act like this this whatever malware or ransomware whatever you know maybe make you think it's coming from Russia when it's really coming from China or North Korea are there ways that uh, that the, the, the the bad actors can use to try to sort of like uh, fool the people who are trying to track them down? There are definitely red herrings. Um, the last thing the bad actors want is to get caught. So they're going to try to pretend. They're going to try to pretend that they're from a different group or even a rival group that they want to see taken down. So there's definitely that, which is why the most important thing about linguistic analysis is there has to be a lot of text. It's not just a matter of, oh, here are the five sentences, let's analyze it. There has to be as much as possible. So a proper analysis would be looking at every possible message, every iteration. So the more data, the more text you have to analyze, the harder it is to consistently um, keep those red herring consistent. So um, I think with Guccifer 2.0 is a good example. Um, there were certain points when it sounded like, oh, this is broken English. Clearly, it can't be certain types of language. But then you kind of realize, hey, wait a minute. Once in a while, these idioms are flowing through or this verb grammar pattern is being used. Well, that's not something that someone who's not a native speaker wouldn't be able to handle. So basically, it's harder to consistently make mistakes. It's harder to consistently speak incorrectly. So if you have enough volume of data to analyze, you can figure out, oh, this is the actual pattern and this is the red herring. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, some of the stories I've seen, um, the linguists are actually looking at, like, the, the way words are phrased, the order that they're phrased, whether articles are used, you know, A, N, and the, and that can give you a clue as to as to where the, the malware originated, or, or at least give you a clue as to where someone wants you to think the malware originated. Um, one question in terms of analyzing this stuff, is, is that done, I mean, I, I guess by humans, or is it done by software? Is it a, is it a combination when you're trying to figure out, you know, the, 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 the patterns of language here? I mean, it's definitely a combination of both. You wouldn't have a, per, just, you would need to have a strong understanding of linguistics. So you definitely need that person doing the analysis. Um, software can definitely make it a little bit straightforward to group types of data, to tag them appropriately. But the actual analysis, for the most part, is done by a very well-trained linguist who understand how different language families work, how different patterns exist in certain languages as others. I mean, I found it really interesting that some languages don't use um, articles like a or the. So when English uses that, that trips them up. 
So that is something you really can't rely on te technology yet to be able to detect, but a person who has a strong background in linguistics would know that, oh, these specific languages generally don't have um, articles, therefore we can now start finding the clues. Okay, so does this mean that cybersecurity firms are now hiring linguists specifically to do things like this, or are they kind of already on board with the, with the cybersecurity companies? Or do we know? <laughs> We're not sure? Okay. No, not I, sure. Okay, I mean, I just wondered, you know, you would assume that if cybersecurity firms that are trying to track down um, whoever's doing this, um, either the people who are proficient with code are now learning linguistics, or they may be bringing in linguists, I guess, themselves to sort of help them out. Um, I I think it's kind of both. I mean, Flashpoint is one of the companies that has started doing it, and they have a lot of speakers who are who they have a lot of um, multiple language speakers right. on their team for their analysts. So that is one way that they're beefing up their language and language analytics capabilities. That because they have a wealth of different languages, they're able to tap into that. And then you have a. Uh, the, my primary source for anything linguistics has been uh, Professor Argaman. He is over in, um, I am now going to make a mistake here where he's affiliated, but he, as a university professor in yeah. academia, he's obviously very well versed with linguistics. So he's able to offer his services whenever a company said, hey, we need help. So there's, I think, both ways. Okay, I, that makes sense. So basically what you do is you turn to the experts, you find you know, someone like him or um, someone who has done this before, and then, I, which I presume you'd want to do to move quickly to try to track down the, the origin. So, all right, so let's say linguistics is being used. It, you know, it can be helpful, but isn't always, right? I mean, sometimes it, it can be, it, it just doesn't really work, right? I mean, I don't think... Anyone should ever say the language should be the only way or even the final word in attribution. Um, it should always be one of the many links. There is forensic, there's network forensic, there's a lot of other things that should still keep happening. Um, linguistic analysis helps sort of uh, just close the loop saying we have we're almost sure and this helps us confirm it so it should be used um, as a confirmation or even in trying to figure out what direction to go into but from everything i've been reading and talking about it should not be used as a final um word or even as a primary source. So it's sort of like and a confirmation. They basically can take a look at the malware, try to get a sense for where it where it first emerged, you know, and of course that can be spoofed I suppose in some ways too, but they find that, they figure out who did it, and then they use the language to sort of double confirm that their assumptions are correct. Exactly. Okay. I mean, one of the things that I found really intriguing was um I mean, I come with um, English is not my first language. So a lot okay. of times I kind of wonder if I was doing this and analysis come, how do I show up? Because I think I speak English pretty well. I think you're doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure if my, if an, analyzing my language would show me as a native speaker or as someone who learned as a second language. And one of the things I learned is depending on what your primary language is, and then if you learn from someone else, there are secondary characteristics that can come in. So it's possible to be um, 
a native Chinese speaker, but you learn how to do the attack from a Russian, then you're going to actually see Russian elements in your um, writing because that's what you learned as opposed to the Chinese elements coming in. So there's a bit of that um, element that confuses things a little, which is why I think it's very important to still do other types of attribution and use this as a way to just reinforce this is what we're finding. Okay. Um, is it? I guess it's obvious that, uh, or it seems obvious to me, that as more and more malware and cyber attacks, ransomware, you know, these things are going to continue to happen, that, uh, you know, what's the likelihood that linguistics will continue to be used and will probably get even better in being able to track down, you know, the bad actors? I think it would definitely continue to have a space within the security research and with attribution. The necessity of knowing who is behind it is usually rele relegated mainly to law enforcement or very specific groups. I mean, a general enterprise is really not going to be sitting there trying to figure out, okay, who was it? They're going to be more concerned about their specific defense, making sure it doesn't happen again. So we're going to continue seeing linguistics as a very specialized skill. Mm -hmm. as a very specialized activity used not for every circumstance, but for very specific cases. Right. And I think that's the way it should be. I don't think we should be seeing regular companies running out to hire linguists and figuring out where their latest ransomware <laughs> Where the ransomware <laughs> came from. Exactly, because most companies obviously are going to be concerned about keeping the data or protecting the data or getting their data back. And for them... Where it came from is less important than, than can they get their data. Um, but I understand that, you know, as a, as a law enforcement tool, if you want to track down who did this and try to arrest them or punish them in some way, um, then that's where it becomes important. It's not important for the company per se. It's an important tool in the toolbox for tracking these folks down. And I think that's the thing to emphasize. It's just a tool in the broader toolbox. I mean, I've yet to find anybody in law enforcement who said, yes, linguistic is the way to go. It's very much been consistently linguistic is one of the many things we do. Okay, great. Any, any other thoughts, anything we didn't cover uh, in terms of linguistics and uh, cybersecurity uh, before I let you go? Or do we cover the ground pretty well? I mean, we covered it really well. I would say the one thing is once you start thinking about how people use language, you find yourself becoming more and more conscious about how you as a speaker use it as well. Mm -hmm. So one of the fascinating things about this research has been the fact that everyone is now thinking, what does my writing say about me? Mm -hmm. And that's just another level of introspection you don't expect sometimes. Yeah, you don't really think about, uh, you know, the idea of tracking down language when it comes to cybersecurity and cyber attacks. And uh, so interesting, really, uh, really fascinating to find out that behind the scenes there are people tracking language of uh, bad actors and trying to track, you know, trying to track them down uh, for law enforcement. Um, okay, Famita, listen, thanks a lot for the insights. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. And uh, in English, uh, for now, that's a wrap.